theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. somebody. It's even better being here. Those of you that are watching online, we're glad you're with us. Find a way to get here next time and uh, you'll love it. You'll love being in the presence of the Lord, but I know you're glad that you're here. Turn to somebody say, I'm glad you're here too. I'm, uh, I'm glad you're here. And uh, you can go ahead and be seated. We'll uh, look to the word of the Lord here in just a moment. But I did want to start off by saying it is such an honor for my wife and I to be with you here at Extraordinary Church and with our friends, Akil and Sarah Thompson. Uh, I'm thankful. You should be thankful he took my call. <laughs> he, took, he took my call. And uh, I did. I was trying to time everything because uh, I knew Pastor Akil and Sarah that they had, they had uh, found a love for Ontario. They had preached here a few times and they... They enjoyed it, and we had talked about that. Uh, but I wanted him to come up here to visit in, like, June. Maybe even September. Because I knew if we brought him up here in February, he ain't staying. So I tried to time everything right, and thank God it, it all worked out. Unfortunately, I didn't know he was going to be locked down up here for a couple years but God's been good and look what the Lord has done look what the Lord has done and I know you appreciate extraordinary church has extraordinary leadership and I think you need to recognize that today and as and as we see this type of vision that is put out here you're going to reach the city you're going to reach neighboring communities this is the beginning and I hope you can feel and sense that there's a road map here and and, and when I see um, you all help and support sick kids. You may not know this, but my wife and I have a, a daughter who's severely special needs. And she's blind and she's deaf, and she's received a number of procedures, including it. She, she had a hearing aid installed in, in her bone, in her skull. It's called a bone-anchored hearing aid. And I didn't know, you know, how that was all going to be taken care of, who pays for that. That was all covered by people who do what, what you're talking about doing here today. And... Um, She's been there for a number of procedures, but I'll tell you this, I told Pastor Akil, there's no hospital in the world like Sick Kids Hospital. There's just none like it. And uh, so su such important um, vision and causes that are being put here. Uh, in fact, I, I, my wife and I talked, and we're going we're gonna to today uh, give $2,500 on our card here today because we want we to wipe off that flat screen and that stand. We're going to take care of that. And that's the way that God is moving in some of your lives today. I don't even go to church here, but I can see what God is doing and feel what God is doing. If the Lord is moving on us, I know he's moving on you. And I pray that by the time we're done here in the next few moments, you'll listen to the voice of the Lord. Because I have found whenever it comes to a service like this, and pastor's been prepping you, and he's been talking about the big give, and you probably came in already determined what you were going to do towards the big give. Let me tell you what God's going to do. He's going to change your number before this is over. 
I'm just telling you, I've been in the church. I've been in this long enough to know. I come in with what I think I can do. And by the time it's over, God says, yeah, but this is what I can do. Oh, praise God. Uh, let's just get let's just let's just get into it. I love what's happening here. We love what's happening here at EC. Pastor Keel and I swap ideas and we encourage each other. You know, it's good to have friends that are like you said that are for you. I can call and say, "Hey, I'll, in fact, I'll tell you this. We had one get the Holy Ghost today in Trenton. That was awesome at our church in Trenton. I won't call too many people about that, but I will call Pastor Akil." And he'll say, praise the Lord with me. He'll tell me what's going on here, and, and we're, we celebrate with you. We feel like we're part of the EC family. Is that okay? But on this very important day, I believe EC will elevate to a new level. You're going to be glad you're here because this is a day where you're going to go to a new level. And, and pastor's giving you a vision for all kinds of amazing opportunities that are gonna open up more doors, that are going to bring more people uh, to salvation. And you're gonna give to help it and God is gonna provide. God's gonna provide. So I wanna read to you one scripture today and then we'll unpack it and let it speak to us. If you have your Bibles or your Bible app, uh, go to Mark chapter six, verse number 52. If you have your Bible app there, don't go to Facebook, just go right to the, the U version. While you're there, mute your phone. I don't. In, in, in Belleville, every service, somebody's phone goes off during the preaching. Every service, I, I actually know that it's. I'm in the. I'm being anointed when this phone goes off. <laughs> Go to Mark six fifty two, just to give you a little bit of context. Um, and if you want to stand, we'll read this scripture, Mark six fifty two, just to give you a little bit of context. Jesus has just fed the five thousand. Now, after that miracle, the disciples were sent by Jesus into a storm. Jesus then comes to them walking on the water. You know, it's that amazing miracle. He speaks to the storm. The storm stops. The wind ceases, And Jesus says, be of good cheer. Don't be afraid. The Bible says that when they saw what Jesus did, when he came walking on the water and he spoke to the winds and the storm stopped, that the Bible says that the disciples were amazed beyond measure. They were so amazed, they, they were just awestruck. They were amazed beyond measure. And this is what happens next, Mark 6:52. They explain why they were so amazed at the power of God on display like that. Mark writes this, for they still did not understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. I'm hoping that we will not have that problem today. And so I want us to pray, soften our hearts, and invite Jesus to speak to us through his word as I talk to you about the miracle of the loaves. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence that is in this place. We know you're doing something awesome in Extraordinary Church, and we know you're doing something amazing in Mississauga and this city. And I pray in the name of Jesus that we could connect to your vision today for this church. I pray we could hear the voice of the Lord throughout this service and be changed by it. I pray give us clear direction as we, as we hear your word that it would speak to us individually, to our families, to our hearts. Lord, you're going to do a great work, and so we are open to hear the word of the Lord today. Anoint it, anoint us, give us clear direction for our lives in Jesus' name. And everybody shout amen. God bless you. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. The miracle of the loaves. I read a story about this elderly woman, and this elderly woman was on the beach, and she was watching her grandson play on the beach when suddenly a huge wave came and, and just took her, her grandson into the water and sweeps him out into the sea. And, and she is, just goes crazy. She, she is beside herself. She falls down on her knees and frantically she pleads and she prays to God, please, God, save my only grandchild. Please, I beg you, bring him back suddenly. Another wave comes, and it delivers the boy onto the beach as good as new. Everything's fine. The grandmother looks up to heaven and shouts, He had a hat! You see, in this world we live in, it's very easy to become entitled and unthankful. 
It's very easy even to look at our blessings and not understand the goodness that God has done. The message of our culture, the culture that you and I live in, is that no matter what you've got, it's never enough. That no matter what has happened in your life, it's not good enough. You've been taken advantage of. You deserve more. But is there anyone here today at Extraordinary Church who's just glad for the goodness of God in your life? Is there anybody today who is thankful enough to clap your hands and say thank you Lord for your goodness to me isn't it true he has taken care of us can I get a witness somebody isn't it true he blesses us beyond measure isn't it true here we are getting through pandemic I don't know where we're at who keeps track anymore but I do know this he's kept us through pandemic he's been good to us he's kept us and God is doing great things in this time we live in. But listen, one of the most amazing things that God does, it, it amazes me, is that God involves us in what he's doing. He doesn't need us. He's God. He's all-powerful. He doesn't need us, but nevertheless, he gives us the opportunity to be part of the work that he is doing. And then this is a little bit of a double-edged sword, actually. You know, we might use this term and talk about our free will, and thank God for our free will. But this free will thing is a little bit tricky because the unlimited God puts limits on what he will do. The moment that God created humanity with the freedom to choose, he gave us a limiting Factor. Now, I know this is theologically a little difficult, and certainly there's more debate and discussion that could be had on that subject. But let me give you an example for just a second. God can reveal himself to the world however he wants, and he can do it all by himself. But the Bible says that, in fact, the Scripture says the heavens declare the glory of God. But nevertheless, God can do this on his own. He can do whatever he wants to get the attention of people, but he calls out a man named Abram. Abraham. And he says, I'm calling you out because I want you to show the world who I am. And he gives him a promise. He says, I'm going to bless them that bless you. I'm going to curse them that curse you. And this is what he says. And he says, and you will be a blessing. Huh. Listen, God is going to use Abraham and he's going to bless Abraham with the sole purpose of revealing who he is through Abraham. How many know that the goodness of God in your life is not just so you can have a new car, although I'm happy about your new car. The goodness of God in your life is not just so you can feel safe and secure, although I'm glad you feel safe and secure. The goodness of God in your life. He blesses them that bless you and he curses those that curse you and it comes with a purpose. He wants you to be a blessing. He's given to you so that you can be a blessing in this world and this world can see what God will do for his people. Aren't you glad to be one of his people? God, what is God doing? He's involving Abraham in his plan. He involves Abraham in his plan. Give you another example, Jesus, you know, Jesus, uh, he, he's, he's the miracle worker. Uh, uh, imagine what Jesus can do. But Matthew 9.36, it says that Jesus looked out upon the multitudes and he was moved with compassion for them. Isn't this amazing? He's moved with compassion for the multitudes. It says because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And so Jesus, if you're so worried and so, and so moved by this, just give them what they need but he said to his disciples the harvest is truly plentiful but the laborers are few there's a limiting factor therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest surely God can help all of these people all by himself. Surely God can take care of the kids at Sick Kids and the people at Haven, Toronto. And surely God can give food to those who come to the food bank. Surely God can deal and help all of these hurting people. But Jesus looked there and said, no, pray that some laborers would come forth. Pray that the harvest will be met because there is a limiting factor on the harvest. It is the cry for laborers. There's only 
as much available as there is laborers who will receive it. Maybe it'd be worth stopping here for a moment and mentioning that my friends, there is outside of those doors a harvest field that is ripe. You are sitting in one of the most amazing cities in the world. Come on, somebody. You're sitting in one of the most diverse and populous places in all of the world, in Mississauga and GTA and Hamilton and these cities, these areas that have been called out. Do you know what? It is a time where it is clearly a time that is ready for harvest. COVID-19 has left people with some conditions, and I'm not talking about lung conditions, and I'm not talking about COVID headaches. I'm telling you, COVID-19 has left some people with conditions like mental health issues and addictions and anxiety and, and loneliness. And, and there's hurting people all over this city. There is a harvest that is all over this city. And can I tell you what the cure is for the symptoms of the pandemic? It's Jesus. It's his church. It's his salvation. And the harvest harvest is ready. The harvest is, you know what? COVID-19 has left us with a world of people who are saying, I'll do anything. I'm open to anything if it'll change my life, if it'll fix my life. There's a harvest that is ready, but there's a limiting factor. Jesus says, pray for laborers. Pray for laborers. You see, extraordinary church, the Lord wants to involve you in the miracle. He wants to involve you in the harvest. I, I want to tell you something. Your family needs this. Your friends need this. Your co-workers need this. What we have felt already in this service, listen to me, the people outside there, they need this. They need to see changed lives. They need to see miracles. They need to see signs and wonders. They need healing in their mind and in their body. They need the power of God, but for them to receive it. It's going to require a choice. We see that in the story I, I told you about today. We'll look at it a little closer. If you went to Sunday school, you heard the story of the feeding of the 5,000. It's such an important miracle that it is unique in that all four of the Gospels in the New Testament record this miracle. Most of them, there's a little bit of difference. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are very similar, but usually John is completely different in his telling of the story of Jesus. It's like John was there firsthand, and he, he kind of picks up. It's the latest of the Gospels, and it's like he read the others and said, yeah, they forgot this, they forgot this. Let me add this. Let me tell you about this part. In fact, John, at the end of his Gospel, said, Jesus did and said so much that we couldn't write enough books. The world couldn't contain all the books of the goodness of what Jesus did. So John's usually a little different, but not this time. Every one of the gospel writers included this miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. It's because this miracle that Jesus did was a game changer. It was, a, it was something happened from this moment on. Because of the magnitude of the miracle and really the magnitude of the crowd of people that were impacted by this miracle. You know, usually there's a blind man healed, and Jesus would say, now go and don't tell anybody. There's a deaf man healed, and a few people would find out about it. This one is going to impact so many people that it would impact a multitude of people. And Philip reveals a little bit of the magnitude of the crowd. When he looks, and he says, listen, 200 denarii. That, that was a, that's not enough, he said, to feed all of these people. 200 denarii would be about eight, eight months of wages there. And, and he says... If if we worked eight months, we couldn't feed a crowd of this size. This size crowd is so massive, we could work for eight months and not have enough money to feed them. And the scripture records that there were 5,000, and the Bible is clear, men who were there that day in the crowd. Without a doubt, there's a much greater number. Some estimate, you know, that it was probably 10,000, some 15,000 with the children that were there. I, I've heard even up as much as 20,000, but let's go somewhere in between and say that for every man there was a, a few kids and, and there was some wives there and there was maybe twelve to 15,000 people that were there in the crowd that day and this crowd is hungry. They've come to see Jesus and it's been a long day 
and they are hungry. And Mark 6.37, it says, Jesus answered to them and said, you give them something to eat. He'll always involve you in the miracle. Now, this is what's crazy. Jesus knows something big's about to happen. But he turns to those disciples and says, you get them something to eat. I'm going to involve you. Hallelujah. I'm going to involve you in this miracle. Now, the problem is they don't have, this is so big, they don't have a clue what's going on. But Jesus is giving them the opportunity to be involved. Do you know what's happening? Jesus is giving you an opportunity to be involved. And so... They're kind of, you can see them kind of huddling and talking to themselves. And, and they're saying, you know, um, Jesus said he wants us to feed everybody. Are you crazy? Um, where are we going to get the resources to do this? I, I, uh, do you see how many people are out there? Uh, I don't know. And somebody, they, they give it, you know, to Andrew or, or Philip or something. Maybe it's Philip. Go talk to him a little bit. Go tell him there's not enough. You know, it would cost us eight months of working. So you go talk to him. You go tell him we don't have any food here to do that. And then there's this Andrew in John 6, 9. Andrew comes and says, there's a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. I know this is a bad idea, Jesus. <laughs> what are they among so many? I, I know. <laughs> but he's trying. At least he's trying. Philip, he's just, you know, we can't do this. And Andrew's trying. We do have a few loaves and a few fishes. And Jesus takes this young boy's lunch. And I want you to listen because we're going to look at the scripture. But he blesses it. And he begins to divide it. And he begins to divide it up so that there is enough, hear me, for 15,000 people to eat. Now, you got to understand the impact of this miracle. Because right there, the multitude is seeing Jesus revealed. The creative character of Jesus is on display. He is showing them who he is. While creation is literally taking place in his hands where there was nothing molecules are forming mass is being formed there is something from nothing do you know what he was showing them he was showing them what he'd tell them later before abraham was i am he's the great i am oh come on somebody in this miracle the character and the person of jesus is being revealed and it's being revealed he listened to me to a multitude a multitude is seeing who Jesus is. Now hear me. Because somebody got involved. You didn't hear that. A multitude saw who Jesus was. Because somebody got involved. You see, the miracle of the loaves is a testimony to what God can do when his people are willing to give. Here's what's amazing. We'd be celebrating this if this was a little piece of bread, you know, and a little scale of a fish. <laughs> we would still say, everybody, oh, what an amazing day. 15,000 people got a bite of bread. Some got a fish eye. <laughs> I don't want that either. Help us, Lord. One time at one of our Chinese, I shouldn't get off track here. One of our Chinese gatherings, a lady gave me chicken feet. Anybody here eat chicken feet? Oh, thanks, God. Let's just leave it then. Let's just leave it. Okay. I didn't expect that many chicken feet lovers in the crowd. Okay. I, I, really, I really did not expect that many chicken foot lovers. Okay. I don't want no fish eyes either. Okay. <laughs> Praise God. It would be amazing. It would be amazing if we were just saying, hey, everybody got one chicken foot. Everybody got one toe of the chicken foot. We would still be celebrating the miracle. But listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says that everybody in that crowd ate until they were filled. He gave them as much 
as they wanted. Among those people of that multitude would have been the poor and the diseased. They had never had a meal like that. Oh, praise God. Among them in the crowd that day, there would have been those who were ceremonially unclean, disregarded by the other Jews. They had never eaten that much food in a setting like that. They were scrounging day to day to have a meal, but that day they ate until they were full. Listen, for some of those people in that crowd, this was the best meal they had had all week. They hadn't had a feast like this ever. 15,000 men, women, and children were affected by a miracle by Jesus Christ. 15,000 people were able to see his power and his ability. 15,000 not only witnessed a miracle, they experienced a miracle for themselves all because someone was willing to give. Look in Luke 9, 16. The Bible says Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread and fish to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He took what had been given him and he blessed them. Can I tell you something? The reason that some of your finances are being blessed the way they are is because you've placed them in the hands of Jesus. When you place something in the hands of Jesus, then he can bless them. And every one of us want our world, our finances, our homes, our lives to be blessed. Does anybody, you know what, I don't just want the blessings of God. I can't survive without the blessings of God. But in order to live in the blessings of God, I've got to be willing to put it into the hand of God. I don't have time. Pastor can get into it later, but there are some promises in the Word of God that in order for the blessing to be placed on my finances and my life, that I'm going to have to return it to God. I'm going to have to be faithful in tithes and offerings. And it says when you're not, he said there's a curse on it. Do you know what being faithful in tithe and offering does? It removes the curse and allows the blessing of God in your life. This is what we all want. And then when they put that bread and that fish into Jesus' hands, he blessed it, the Bible says. But for something to be multiplied, it must first be blessed. Oh, praise God. You see, what God has done in your lives and what he's about to do for some of you is he's going to take the blessing and he's going to begin to multiply it in your life. Jesus blesses it, and then he breaks it, and he gives it to Peter. And he gives a little piece of bread to Andrew. And he gives a little piece of bread to Philip. And he gives that fish eye over to, you know, John. And he gives the other fish eye to somebody else. And he begins to give it to him. Can you imagine, though, during those first few chunks of bread, you know, the last guys come up there. Probably Bartholomew. We never hear nothing about him anyway. Oh, Peter's gotten some bread. And, and, he, and they're all wondering, how long is this bread going to keep going? And guess what? The Bible tells us the people that were the most hungry that day were those disciples. You got to dig deeper in the story, but they were hungry. And I imagine they're looking, Pastor, and they're saying, And they're looking, saying, okay, and, and the Lord says, here, you take it, and you go give it. No, you're not getting this. God's about to show you something. I'm so hungry. You take it, and you go give it. Okay, so Peter comes, and he gives out his bread, comes back, and here's Bartholomew. You know, he's number 12 in line here, and he's wondering if there's even going to be enough. You take it, and you go give it. I imagine, I'm just human, and I know they're human. I imagine they're looking and saying, should I just pocket this one? I'm serious. How long is this going to keep going? I wonder how long the Lord will keep giving out this bread. I wonder if we're going to get our chance to get a little bit of the loaves. 
No, you take it and give it. And Jesus keeps giving it, and it just keeps coming, and it just keeps coming. Take a little piece and give it out. Come back and get some more, and there's more, and there's more, and there's more. Because God will multiply and renew what is given away. You see, the miracles of extraordinary church are about to become extra extraordinary. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I just know it's about to get better. I just know this. This card today, and God's already dealing with some of you to give sacrificially. God's speaking to you to give sacrificially. Can I tell you something? This card today for every person in this room is an act of faith. There is not one person that came in here saying, I got $5,000. I just wish I could find something to do with it. And if you are here, the truth is, everybody here came with inflation happening in our world. Everybody came with groceries getting more expensive. Everybody came with a hydro bill and maybe a car payment and maybe even some creditors who are calling to collect on some stuff that ain't been paid before. Every person here came and you've got something else that you can give this to. Every giver who gives has the opportunity to give it to something else. That's why this is an act of faith. Because what we're saying today is you are listening to the voice of God. And it may be bigger than you can understand. But that's exactly where God multiplies and does the miracle. It's a piece of bread that we can, we can keep giving and giving and giving and watching. Can you imagine as they keep watching and it keeps coming in and bread keeps coming? Those disciples had a choice. Jesus puts the bread in their hand and then they gave it away. And look at what happened in Luke 9, 17. So they all ate and were filled and 12 baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them. Do you know, I don't know, I've just been in the Bible business long enough to know that 12 is not a coincidence. Do you know what those 12 baskets were? Those were the givers. <laughs> Everybody that day got a meal. Everybody that day ate until they were full. But the givers, oh, praise God, the givers not only got a meal, they got some leftovers. There was a basket full for the givers. When they decided, I'm not going to consume this, I'm not going to eat this, I'm not going to keep this for myself, do you know what Jesus did? He said, hey, you guys that gave and gave and gave, you take up the fragments, you take up what's left, and you're going to take it home with you because there's always in our God more than enough. Does anybody know a God who's able? able to provide and give us exactly what we need. This is what I want you to see. All of the givers in the story laughed with more than they gave. The little boy came with a little bit of a lunch, but he ate more than he can imagine. The disciples, they gave it. They spent their day distributing food, giving it away, and they left with baskets full of leftovers. And Jesus used the givers to do a miracle for a multitude. I tell you that because God wants to use this church to reach multitudes. Come on, you need to believe that with me. You need to believe that with me. You need to believe that with me. God gave Pastor Akil and Pastor Sarah vision for reaching this city. They've given you here. Do you know what these numbers? We can do it. There, there's some numbers here. We can start to knock some stuff off this list. I already helped you take one thing off. Take some more off this list. We can do it. There's a vision here to reach your city and to reach multitudes. And God wants you involved in the miracle. The secret to EC going to another level is right here. Actually, it's not here. It's right here. A successful church is not 
found in the education level or income level of its people. It's not even in our commitment to truth. That will impact people's lives. But I've seen a lot of church preaching, truth preaching churches not make it. You guys have wonderful worship. Beautiful worship here. Praise God. Amazing. But can I tell you something? Our talents and abilities are not enough for the church to be what God wants it to be. A successful church is determined by that church's willingness to give. I read this quote. I think they have it from John Maxwell. He said, when there is a need sensed by few and each individual understands his responsibility and gives his all regardless of the odds, then Jesus works a miracle. I have seen these types of miracles for the last 20 years at our church. We, my wife and I, we've been, she grew up in Belleville, but we came back 20 years ago to help Bishop McLaughlin in the church. And then uh, 10 years ago, we became the lead pastors there. But I learned by coming to this church, uh, the power of giving. I didn't know that growing up. I didn't, I didn't, I learned that over the last 20 years of what God can do when his people sacrifice. And every year at our church, we do something very similar to this. It's one Sunday for the year. We do a, a, a very same type of thing. We give and make commitments just like you're going to do today. Sacrificial acts of faith. And I've watched people give amounts that I could not believe and I didn't fathom they were willing to do. I've seen God move on people and, and they would give amounts that, that didn't even make sense. But here's why I tell you this, because over and over I have seen the most undeniable, powerful proof of his word in Luke 6, 38, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will it be poured into your lap? For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Here's what I have seen over 20 years. I have seen people make commitments in faith. And I'm telling you, before the week was out, provision be made by God. I saw a couple years ago, I wasn't planning on telling you this, a gentleman, he, was, he didn't have any work. And he came and he, he made a commitment. Uh, I think it was 2,500 bucks. Now, if you don't have any work, that's a pretty serious commitment. He had that $2,500 commitment, and I saw it, and I said, oh, praise God for him. He's got no job. Before two weeks had passed, he was a, he was a, a framer. He did construction. He had gotten jobs, and he came to me and said, Pastor, here it is. We gave him a year to fulfill it. Guess what? He's working full-time right now. He's working. He's got a great job. And guess what he did? He made a commitment again. I've seen it. I've seen people make commitments. And before the week is out, they come and say, Pastor, they tell you these stories after. They make the commitment because this is a connection with you and God. This is a response from you to what God is telling you. So you find out later about the miracles. Your miracles are going to come later. You're going to find out later, Pastor Akil, some of these miracles. But people said, I made a commitment last week, Pastor, and you're not going to believe this. In my mailbox this week was an insurance check I didn't expect. I saw it on the screen. God's going to give us checks. God's going to give us royalties. God's going to bless our businesses. I'm telling you, you are opening up a window for if you will be a giver, you are opening up an opportunity to experience the miraculous in your life for yourself. I've seen it. I'm, it's so commonplace now in our church. We just expect it, and miracles begin to come up. Unexpected insurance checks, job promotions, bonuses at work, because if you will step out, God will provide. I'll tell you one of the craziest, and then i got to get out of here. This is later than you guys normally have church. Not, you're still okay? All right, uh, I'll take longer then. Okay, no problem. We can go all day. We can go all day. We had three hours of church and Pastor Eastman's, we can go another three. Okay. I want to tell you this crazy. This is one of the craziest ones I had ever seen. I had seen lots of miracles. I have seen lots of financial miracles. This one got me. I've never forgot it. We had a gentleman who really is one of our biggest givers, and, and, and I'll, I'm, I'm telling you right now, to the point that my wife and I have said, you don't have to do that. It's very rare that a pastor says that. That's, how, that, that's the level. Because I was worried, we were worried, are you taking care of your 
retirement? Are you doing those things? You, you see, and I'm going to tell you something. Whenever the spirit of sacrifice is there, there's always going to be that voice of selfishness that will combat that. And, and, and they're just fantastic givers. Like, it would blow your mind. And he has a contract. He does animal control. He, he's, a, he's a dog catcher for our city. And he, he's just a great giver, and God has blessed him. Every year, though, he had to tender to the city for that contract. So every year there was always kind of this, let's pray and make sure and hope this happens, right? We'd agree together, hey, it's time for us to tender again. Hopefully we get this contract. If we don't, we don't know what we're going to do. And I would always tell him, I'd say, listen, everything's going to be all right. You're faithful, you give, and everything's going to be all right. I don't know how many times I told him that over the years, everything's going to be all right. And then one year, everything was not all right. He came and his wife came and they were devastated. They said, you know what? We didn't get the contract. Somebody lowballed and got the contract and we lost the contract. They had nothing left. They're, they're, they, what are we going to do? Well, we can maybe go to this city over here. We can maybe go to this municipality over here. They, they didn't know what they were going to do. They had lost the contract. And I'm going to tell you, Pastor Akil, I had a faith crisis in that moment. I went to God and I said, God, you know what I've been preaching. You know what we talk about. I said, this doesn't make sense. You promise you'd take care of us. This doesn't make sense. How can they lose their sole source of income? So for about five months, it was, it was kind of tough. They were scared, and, and God just provided. I mean, he just provided for them. I, I don't even know all the places. He just provided he took care of them there were side jobs and there were he does some uh, nuisance control stuff and he would he would get people's nuisance animals you know critters and and and, and god just provided he just chickens he, chicken feet stuff you know he was just getting all that stuff and, and here's the thing god just provided and then something crazy happened i'm telling you this story is completely true he came to me and said you're not going to believe this pastor the city just called me and they said, we need you back. They said, the people who got the contract are doing a terrible job, and we don't want them anymore. They said, so we're going to work it so we can get you back. And not only that, we're changing the process so that this doesn't have to be tendered anymore. We're changing the process, and we're rewriting the bylaws so that you're the only one that qualifies to receive this contract. You're not hearing what I'm saying. You don't know what God will do if you will step out. And so guess what? He's had that contract ever since, and not only that, the city next to us called him for a contract. The municipality down the road called. He's got so many contracts right now. He's had to hire employees, and he can even take a vacation. Because God will always do the miraculous when his people give. It, listen, God never fails. Is there anybody in the house who can testify that just when you thought it was over, the Lord came through right on time? He'll do it. He'll do it for you. And if you will step out, God will reveal himself through you and allow you be part of the miracle. God wants to advance EC. God wants to take extraordinary church to another level. And he's going to do it through your loaves. You see, in my hands, it's lunch for one. In my hands, it's just a lunch for one. It's just... Five loaves and some fish is lunch for one. In my hands, it can only feed one. But when I place it in his hands, it's a feast for a multitude. The card that you have, I, I want you to take it in your hand right now if you've got one of these cards. Hold it up for just a second. Let me see that everybody's got them. Make sure. If you need one, raise your hand. We've got a team ready to give you these cards. I want you to look at those cards for a second. I'm going to tell you again, if you haven't filled this out, in a moment I want to ask you to 
fill it out, okay? Whatever you are planning to give today, I'm going to tell you, whatever the Lord speaks to you, in your hands, it will accomplish a little bit. In his hands, it can feed a city. It can reach a multitude. I would much rather see what God can do with my little contribution and see what God is able to do to reach a multitude. Look at those projects on that magazine there. Keep that card in your hand. As you look at this, and, and I looked at this Pastor Akil, and I was, I was okay. I was like 13,000 visual equipment. Yeah, that makes sense. I said, that can, we can do that. 3,000 stretch wall backdrop, we can do that. Oh, boy, 20,000 live stream cameras. We just tried to buy some cameras. Each one, I think, was 13,000 for one camera. So that's like not even as good of cameras as what we're going to have at the POQ. <laughs> but that's, hey, 20,000. But listen, I'm going through that. And then, then look, then I, then I get down, I said, oh, my. Is that one MM? I don't know what MM is. Nobody else does either. One million future home down payment. Now the Philip in me says, 200 denarii. All our wages together. Couldn't. See, that's the Philip in me. But there's also a lad in me. Oh, that says... I got this. And if you can do something with it, Lord, take what I've got. You see, it's not our desire today to get you to look at the magnitude. It's to look at what God can do through your giving. And when we place it in the hands of Jesus, he blesses it and he multiplies it. And so whatever he's telling you to do, here's what I just advise you. Let it be a sacrifice. Let us not do this today in ourselves. Let's not be the Philip. I don't see how you can do this, God. Let's be the lad who says, this is all I, for that lad, that was all he had. Take, he didn't say, you can have one of my loaves. He said, I've, here's everything I've got. And God, if you can do something with it, take it and use it. Say, so you're telling us to give all that we've got. I'm telling you that nothing you give to the kingdom will not be replaced by God. Because when that lad gave his all, he got more than his lunch back. He ate till he could eat no more. You've got an opportunity today to be part of a miracle. And there's a lad here who says, I've got some loaves and some fishes. I'm working a part-time job. There's a young person. You're working part-time, and God's speaking to you to give something that doesn't make sense. Step out. God's going to provide it for you. There's a husband and wife. You looked at your bills this week, and you said, you know what? I know they're having this big give. What are we going to do? We're, we're struggling to make ends meet. Do what God tells you, and he'll take care of you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, somebody, I don't know any of your situations. I just know what God can do and what I've learned in 20 years of giving at the Pentecostals of Quinty. That when we give, God provides it. When we step out in faith, God does the miracle. And so I'm praying that someone can see the need. But not only that, see the possibility. Close your eyes for a moment. Just close your eyes. Talk about dream big. Close your eyes and dream big for a moment. Can you imagine having your own building? Can you dream big with pastor for a moment? Not having to set up and tear down? Somebody ought to give. Can you dream big for a second? Seeing people where they know, they know exactly where you're at. They know where to come for help. Can you imagine gathering together for prayer meetings? Can you imagine multiple campuses, pastors saying, we need you at this campus this week because we're having a special service. Can you dream big for a moment? And see the possibilities? 
and like a lad say, will this help? Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Musicians, get ready. I'm done. I'm done. Get ready. I wonder if you'd stand with me right now. I feel the Holy Ghost here. I think you ought to just right now lift your hands because the Holy Ghost is speaking. The presence of the Lord is here, and he is speaking. And some of you are catching a dream. Some of you, and and here's what's going to be amazing. Listen to me. This is a word for somebody. The building that God is going to give you, it's where your family's going to be saved. It's where your kids are going to come back to God. It's where your coworkers are going to be saved. you got to dream big. you got to see big that God is using all of this for what's going to save the people you love. I wasn't planning on saying this, Pastor Akil, but the other day, um, well, it's happened a couple times this last year. But last year, my son Luke, he was nine years old at the time, he got baptized during the pandemic, and we thank God for it. I told about it today at Pastor Eastman's church. I, he, he decided that day, he said, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost. We'd have been telling them, why don't you pray and get the Holy Ghost? I'm going to get the Holy Ghost when I get baptized. He said, you don't have to wait till that. Just pray. Let's do this thing. And he, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost when I get baptized. And so we talked him through it. And he, uh, he went down and got baptized. And I'm telling you, he came up out of that water. He was just praying like I'd never seen him pray before. He stayed in that water about 20 minutes. And of that 20, probably about 17 of it, he was speaking in tongues. It was beautiful. A few months later, a few months later, his cousin, West, was visiting Canada. West said, while I'm up here in Canada, I want to get baptized. I want my papa to baptize me. West went down in waters of baptism. My daughters have been baptized there. Say, what are you telling us? I thought that day as West came up out of the water and as Luke came up out of the water and was filled with the Holy Ghost, I thought to myself, all the offerings that my mother and father-in-law gave in so we could have a beautiful building, so we could have a place to worship, so we could reach missionaries and reach community projects. And I thought that moment, seeing all your grandkids baptized in that water. I'm sure that made every sacrificial moment worth it. You see, what you're doing today is not just about you, and it's not just about the multitudes. It's that in that multitude is the people you love and care about. Oh, hallelujah. And who knows God can do with somebody who says, will this help? Will this help? As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I want us to pray. Because I already mentioned whenever there's a spirit of sacrifice, and it's here, there's a spirit of sacrifice in this place. Whenever there is a spirit of sacrifice present, so is the spirit of selfishness. You see it when Mary comes to Jesus, and what does she do? She pours that ointment on Jesus' feet. It was, it was such expensive spikenard ointment. It was so valuable, and she pours it all over Jesus' feet, and, and she wipes his feet with her hair, and it's this beautiful moment of sacrifice and this beautiful moment of worship. And what happens? There's Judas. Why was this used this way? Why were we given this... This could have been sold and used for something else because wherever the spirit of sacrifice is, there will also be the voice of selfishness. So you say, what do we need to do? We need today be led by the spirit of sacrifice and push out the spirit of selfishness. Today, we want to be led by God. In 1990, 26-year-old man robbed a bank at gunpoint in Ottawa, Canada. The young man's name was Danny Simpson. You can Google it. It's, it's clear out there. He was desperate for the money, and so he made away close to $6,000 from that bank. He was, of course, apprehended shortly thereafter by the police, and upon his arrest, the gun he used to rob the bank was confiscated by the police. He was sent to jail for 
six years and later the Ottawa police discovered that the pistol that Simpson has used was not a typical handgun. It was an antique. Simpson owned a 45 caliber Colt semi-automatic pistol, one of only 100 made by the Ross Rifle Company in Quebec in 1918. The pistol that he used to rob the bank was worth upwards of $100,000, close to 20 times the amount he had stolen from the bank. If he had only known what he held in his hands, If he had only known what was in his hands, it would have saved him a whole lot of mess. <laughs> Some of you are worried about finances. You're worried. I'm just here to tell you, if you understood what is in your hands, it is an opportunity for the miraculous, for the blessing, and for the multitude to be ministered to in Mississauga. And so here's what I understand. A thousand dollars in my hand can do what I can do. $2,500 in God's hands, I can find out what God can do. Oh, hallelujah. And that's why I want us to pray and hear the voice of God right now. Take your card and hold it up in your hand right now. I want you to lift that card up in your hand. Praise God. And you're in the Holy Ghost, Pastor. I don't want to interrupt you, but I just want to give some instruction for what I feel and also as you're flowing. Pastor Eastman confirmed something that I believe if he declares, it's going to completely undermine that spirit of selfishness. So Pastor Eastman, you come and, and share that. Also, as you're rendering, you'll notice the card is perforated. So the big portion you'll keep as a reminder, the small portion you'll tear that off and you'll bring that unto the Lord. Praise God, Praise Pastor Lord. Eastman. Praise the Lord. Such a great privilege, let me just say, to be here today. And I am. Um, I didn't know that this was going to be happening or anything like that, but I just want to share with you as we pray and meditate on what to do. We just uh, completed our building in Scarborough and built a, a brand new sanctuary and we still have some things to do. A lot of monies to be spent still on other little things. One of the things that we had to do is, is put in our proper lighting. And I have the quote for our lighting in the sanctuary of 143,000 for lights. And as I stood here and look at this, I look at auditorium lighting, $5,000. You know, the Lord said to me, if you take care of the extraordinary church auditorium lighting I'll take care of yours and so Pastor Keel we're going to take the 5,000 and look after the auditorium lighting because sometimes that spirit comes along and says you got to pay for 140 something thousand you you don't have any money to give to anything else but I thank God that his spirit is moving i'm going to challenge you no matter what you are facing you might be like me you might be facing 140 something thousand and you don't know what to do my wife and i just decided we're going to believe god and we step forward and we've got our 5,000, and we're taking care of that uh, auditorium lighting that we're going to be getting so let's surrender to what god wants to do through us and what you feel in your heart your spirit you don't know how it's going to happen, but you step out. This is where faith and church becomes more than talk. It becomes real. Amen. Amen. I said it's going to become real in this house today. You're going to do stuff that is extraordinary. You're going to do what you've never done before. Praise God. Are you going to pray? Come. So here it is, extraordinary church. The Eastmans believe in you. The sticklers believe in you. The question is, do you believe in what God is able to do with your gift here? I want you to lift that card up right now. We're about to give. And the, His Spirit is here already. But we're going to unleash His Spirit to do the miraculous in this house. So right now, I know that's a sacrifice.
Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.